Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. First of all, the nerve of your fucking ass to call me... And tell me your fucking problem. It's not my... Fuck off. Get lost. Get off. Take your stupid subscription and cancel. Who cares, Dina? Fuck you. Fuck you, cunt. Fuck you. Do your audience a favor. Get lost. Don't do my audience. I'll do my audience whatever I want. I'll piss on this audience if I... I do have uh, issues about people leaving me. I want to control everyone in my atmosphere. I want... I am a puppet master. And I want everyone to be a puppet. He was saying goodbye to me, and he leaned in for a kiss, and I smiled so big that he literally kissed my teeth. Um, I cheated on every one of my boyfriends except for Howard. For real? Mm-hmm. Really? I met Howard, my cheating days ended. You were a cheater? I was a cheater. I hate Beth. I think she's only after Howard's money, and she's, <laughs> and she's a real horse face. Can you bang any of those stripper broads on the, uh, on the show? Teresa Lynch said you banged up. Teresa who? She was on here. She told she was in your movie, Private Parts. Oh, Amy. Uh, no, no, no. Teresa, the, the one with the... Oh, no, no. The she, she never said that. She told That's me. That's a lie. Oh. To admit you're lying. That's Tony. She told Tony. Did I ever bang Teresa Lynn? Take in New Jersey. Welcome to the wrap-up Which, show. Does any of you gentlemen believe that Beth actually loves Howard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's cut right to the nitty-gritty. Artie and I spent last weekend with him, and if she's in love, then she should get a fucking Oscar. Right. She's not in love, but she I mean, <laughs> If she's in love, she should get an Oscar. Uh, <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> Say, uh-oh, here comes Beth. Howard is Beth. Howard is Beth. I'm knitting baby booties. <laughs> what are you doing, Abby? I'm knitting baby booties. <laughs> Our blonde, our blonde curly-haired son. At least you don't have to pretend your dog is actually a child. <laughs> Beth once even said to me, it was funny too, because Beth once said to me, you know, I wouldn't mind being engaged forever. Like, like this was, you know, years ago. I just think the ring is so great. I would uh-huh. love to, you know, it's romantic. And, and it's romantic yeah. and it's kind of cool. But the second. I uh, popped the question. She was like, well, let's get on the phone and tell everyone we're getting married. I went, whoa, whoa. Yeah. No, 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 we're not getting married. We're engaged. <laughs> There's no such thing. You know what it is? I'm so self-important. I just don't even remember meeting anyone. She was up here one day and I introduced you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Some cured, I'm not going to be cured of anything. I am me. I am just going to psychiatrist so that I can feel better about certain issues in my life. That's all. You're listening to, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and this is the official low-rent, half-assed intro for NPD4, It's All About Him, Ed, Part 2, which is Episode 34, officially. Just wanted to explain to everybody, and our fans especially, that um, what happened was the Episode 33 which was released on August 24th, was already over long, so we decided to divvy it up into a second session. That second session was so long that we are ending up with a third session, which you will hear, that would be officially NPD4 Part 3, will come after our next video walkthrough, the first part of which will happen next week. So you're going to have to wait a few weeks for the finale of the NPD4 
breakdown, but we and we also have other episodes in store that we're going to be recording as well, just to keep you guys informed of why it seems uh, truncated at the end of this episode and why you think you're missing it or we fucked up. No, it's deliberate because we wanted to also break up the NPD format a little bit while we were doing other stuff. So I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Which is ironic because years earlier, there was that clip where they asked him like, okay, make us angry with one sentence. He claimed he could. And he got, he went out, he said, Gary cheats. Artie, you know, Dana's only with you because you're on the show. Uh, you know, so-and-so Fred, you would have been nowhere without me. And I mean, some of these things are true, but, um, but it, irrelevant because he said, you can't do it to me. And Bowie tried, but you know, he really couldn't. So, uh, Artie could, he just wasn't going to do it then. He had to wait years later to get the fucking realization that no, maybe he needs this sometimes this shithead. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other, we'll go on to that. I don't believe well, that I look, need this. Howard, this is, uh, I w- I'm sitting here biting my tongue. Why? Don't bite. Now's your chance. Did you fight in your first marriage? No. All right. We see where that ended. Well, that's uh, true. <laughs> my, <laughs> feelings, <laughs> my feelings Honey, are you get nervous. A, my feelings are get a blue carpet. Wait, this that's is feeling bad. <laughs> you, you didn't fight in your first marriage no, at all. I never fought with Allison. How no. would how you she, know that? How well, that's would she, you she, know that? That's what she's. That's what they asked. Like Ablo does ask that. Not no. Uh, and again, I am not she a troublemaker. I do know that, but no, but you know she what, doesn't. The other thing I've noticed is you're. No, she doesn't. There's no. She 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 doesn't know. Well, first of all, she he probably didn't say much about Allison to begin with to her, and she wasn't a fan of the show, so she wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. We played clips of them fucking arguing, <laughs> as if they didn't argue. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, let's continue so gifted that that you could Who could fight with me you could even exchange <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly that's the point you refine an armamentarium of verbal abilities that allow you to extinguish anyone's objections i don't like it when you got that uh massage from that man and you didn't tell me about it go ahead sim bob when he says that when keith ablo says that to him he's not talking about like gifts he's saying you have this ability that no one can argue with you. And Artie's laughing and saying, yeah, who could argue with you in jest? Because he knows, too, that he has this ability to, no matter what the hell you say, you're losing. Yeah, make you punch drunk. Plausible deniability. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying there. You are able to abuse and do what you want to do because you always make sure that you have this armor of plausible deniability. So no matter what happens, you can back out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was two years ago. Well, I, I slammed the door. That. I shut I am the door so on perfect her. for him. I knew nothing wrong. Remember Michael Corleone oh. in The oh. Godfather when he shut So she just said, like, when it, but the massage he got from a guy, she said that was two years ago. So again, something that bothered him from ages ago that's still bothering him and never stopped bothering him, and he's bringing it up. As you said, Bob, they store it away like fucking... Like uh, like ammo for a rainy day, never goes away, yeah. ever. And then she goes, and she just did that. You just heard her say, "I'm so perfect, I do nothing wrong." Yeah, well, I feel apparently the... did. He holds on to stuff from his dad from when he was eleven. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah, exactly. He's Suppos- still whatever, talking about whatever high his school. mind happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Let me, let me with whatever he interpreted happened. He's still holding a seventy-one-year-old guy still holding on to something when you were eleven. <laughs> I mean, I I let stuff go from this last weekend. Like, it just... 
some people have a hard time letting go. Uh, Sam, you were going to say. <laughs> you were saying I mean, like, who has a memory that goes? It's incredible how he holds on to things. He still gets mad about even fake narratives he's made up from high school. Oh yeah, he's insane. Yeah, they never uh, let it I, go. Never. It's Shut very interesting. Did you hear what she? You heard it. What she did she said, say? I am so perfect for him. I do nothing wrong. Right. You can do something wrong. <laughs> yeah, but you saying that doesn't make it so because it's bundled with you being Howard Stern. That's why she needs therapy because uh, she can uh, do something <laughs> wrong. She doesn't have to feel. It's like she your can't fault. Do it's your fault. You need it's, therapy for my megalomania. Exactly. <laughs> Apollo must have like I knew he knew the show, but going and listening to this, he must have been like, "Wow, I could release seasons of television based on these two Nimrods." Yeah, yeah, right. I'm now, where does that come from? That. Also, that comes from somewhere. Where did you get the idea that to be perfect means? I just mean for him. I don't cause him any stress. Oh boy, he's asking a good question. Uh, but I don't have an answer. I don't. I just know that I'm perfect for you. But why do you have to be perfect? That's a good question. He's like my. I don't feel that the pressure that I have pressure to be perfect for him. Not that I'm perfect. I don't feel the pressure that I have to be perfect for him. I just in in experiencing our lives together. Right. I <laughs> hold on. Feel oh. I am perfect for him. Well, I, I like to go to bed early. I'm sorry. I had to cut that one up. But basically, I I, I love that clip. The uh, mm. I I feel I have to be perfect. Why do you feel I have to be perfect? I don't feel it. I mean, so she's going back on it. The answer is she knows she has to, she has boundaries she cannot overstep. And when she does, there are consequences that will never be uh, fully um, realized because they'll always be at her. Like it'll always be nipping at her. You know, he's like, he really, that mosquito analogy was really good. He's always going to be fucking like on her about something. Doesn't matter and, how long it and gets. And Abelo knows that. He's like, yeah. so where does that come from? Where'd you get that idea? He knows where she yeah. got it from. Absolutely. And he's like, so where does that come from? And it's because this is the agreement. You be my perfect wife, mm -hmm. and you can't do anything wrong, and this is the agreement, and I'm giving you all. And, yeah, I mean, and Howard knows that that's, it's like a, they have all these unspoken agreements, and he knows it. He's just seeing his false illusion just evaporate right now, and he thought it was going to go the other way. But does he know that Ablo knows it all? I think he does. I think he knows that all my ideas of this relationship that I came on here and I thought were going to be reinforced, but he actually knew the truth the whole time. He's mm -hmm. just saying, I am pressuring her to be perfect. He knows it. Mm -hmm. I am doing this. I am bullying her. I am controlling her. That's why he's the first. If you notice, Howard's the first one to say it in mm -hmm. all these things. She doesn't even say it. He says it. That's right. But do you see how she's short circuiting right here where yeah, she's like, she freaked out. I, 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 I don't feel the need to be no, but I, I, I live our life together. So, and it's like this, uh, do you feel like Keith, once she responds this way, do you think he knows? Oh my God. I am in more than I realized. Or yeah, do you think I, that I do? I do. Okay. Yeah. He 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 had to know there was he he was going to get something out of them. He just there's no way he had no he had no way of knowing that it was going to be this much and this vast and this deep. But uh, and he's like, wow, 
I nailed a fucking beluga. Yeah, what do you think control. he's thinking? I think he tries to do quality control. And you yeah. see it as it starts to go on, because I think he's like, holy fuck, I just uncovered like a horrific, abusive relationship. <laughs> I didn't mean to. So he tries to start spinning it, and then Howard starts digging himself in even deeper. Yeah, it's a perfect, it's a perfect sort of um, uh, circular saw of, of, of cringe with you right some once or twice a month month i get invited to go somewhere great whether it's a fashion um event and i go and i and i sense that he does not like that and i 99.9 percent of the time i'm home in bed with him i feel i would be less perfect if i was a normal 34 year old woman going out like my friends do more often and i choose not to but i'm okay with that but Okay, so she has to like, yeah, go ahead, Sam. Before she says, I'm okay with that, you can tell because Beth, unrehearsed, rarely has anything with such a flow to say. It's mm-hmm. always pre preempted. She has thought about, I am not a 34 normal person that right. goes out. I don't do these things with my friends. You can tell that this is something in her head that she has thought about, that oh, my yeah. friends go out, real. that I don't go out, that I don't do these things. Mm-hmm. Because real. that came out very seamlessly. So you know that has been an argument or a complaint right. in her mm-hmm. head or with her friends. And we'll actually uh, illustrate that point later on with another clip if we get to it um, about her going to her high school reunion. And he she said uh, she she didn't want him to go. And uh, it's it's two things. She doesn't want him to go because who would want to parade this fucking vulture uh, to your high school? Like no matter how much money he has. And then second of all, she knows he's going to be a miserable prick. So why fucking bring him anyway? And yeah. thirdly, um, it's like. Um, it's, you know, she really wants to be the attention on her at that point. Cause it's about 2010 and she's like, well, no, I was the prom queen. He wasn't around. So what's the point of having him here? It's all about me. It's all about me, Ed, actually this time. At those rare times I would that like I to go, go out with my friends too. That's what he, that, that's yeah. when I, okay. You don't have to get this is good. Party, uh, anywhere you want to go with me? But, that's what he does. Listen, that's, I think he, Beth, that's what he does. That's what, he, what I'm getting right, out of it is right. I think Beth that's is, what he does. Beth is oh, I, very aware that she's perfect for you. And I think she doesn't realize it maybe, but she puts pressure on herself to continue to be honey, perfect. But this do, is, do you want to go out at yes, night? Yes, she does. It, she does. Yes. Have I ever once said, don't go out? That's not, that's. That you've never not you've never said it's that. It's hard for me. I miss but you. But yet you hold a grudge from the side. Oh, you're leaving me. Yes, I miss you. And then you. he says, "I'm gonna have to make a plan with my friends." Well, I have to and, threaten you. Yes. Um, I, I have to threaten you. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Would you play this to any one of your friends having marital problems? Theirs will seem a lot smaller in comparison. I have to threaten you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who threatens? Like, it's it, it's just. It's again, they, they always want to have plausible denial. Did I ever tell you not? It's like, listen, no, you know that you don't have the balls to tell me not to go out, but you know that you're just going to piss all over the house when I'm gone. You're going to hold it against me. You're going to turn this place into a war zone for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, don't act like it's just nothing if I go out. You know it's something. And he tries to spin it in his own little way and... Then obviously he gets passive aggressive and his voice cracks. I want to go out with my friends. He doesn't want to go out. He doesn't want to do anything. No, he, wants he just to doesn't want her. Bed at eight, and she's like, I think she's realizing I'm kind of a young woman still, and 
this is kind of abnormal, you know, mm-hmm. even at this age. Yeah. So. And then she, she is getting more confidence because I think she realizes Keith Abelow realizes he's a yep. fucking Mess. narcissist. Yeah. So as she said, but then the, see, this is what he does. This is what he does. And she's and getting a protecting. little bit more forceful in her voice, like save me, save me. Here's what he does. Yeah. And it, one of the tactics they say is they punish you with abuse, neglect, abandonment. They withhold yep. love, attention, support, and communication. So yep. she's like, see, see, see. And yeah. it's it's actually very scary because I wish yeah. she would have just cut this off. I yeah. don't like Beth as a person. Honestly, I think she's an attention whore. But oh, yeah. I wish she would have just cut him off then. It's not worth it. Well, and, and the fu- she, sorry. Protecting, yeah. protecting her. So right. I think that's why she's gaining. Because she's like, this is the first time I've had any protection. Because normally when I'm on here, she's got all the, you know, sycophants, Fred and Robin and Gary and callers. And she's like, I actually have someone in my corner right now. Like, I'm going to say what I want to say. Well, yeah, she draws strength. She's drawing strength from being there with Ablo. And in fact, she had to sort of weather the storm until they got married. So she, like I said before, so that she could exercise a little more independence after she got the ring, if they were legally married, she never changed her name, but I, you know, it doesn't mean you didn't, she's not legally married. Anyway, let's continue for a bit. I'm going to go out with, I'm going to go out. I'm going out with Ross and Artie. We're going to the strip club. I'm going to scores, but I'm laughing. We're laughing the whole time though. Well, why are we not being serious? Are you upset when I go to the Nicole Miller fashion show this afternoon? She feels in some amount of peril. I am first of all. If she's serious with you about disagreements. See, I agree with that. She keeps checking with you. She is right. She is right. Yeah. I do have issues about people leaving me. I want to control everyone in my atmosphere. I want, I am a puppet master and I want everyone to be a puppet. Ah. If I'm going to be in a real relationship with Beth, I, I can't be the puppet master. It's going to be a burden and all of that. And she'll so be I, angry later. That's right. And no she'll hate me to for be a it. Puppet. That's right. She I don't feel that I am. You're not. I no. don't think you are because I believe that I have to struggle with my inability to be alone at night. And that I can't go out. I want to be with you. How many eyes could you get in that? <laughs> Five <Okay>. eyes. <laughs> so I remember hearing this the first time I said, oh, you want to be the puppet master. You don't want to be the puppet master. It's a burden. It's not a burden. I remember saying that. And yeah. now I'm hearing this. And I'm hearing this in a way that she, he's saying it's a struggle for him, but he likes this struggle. I can hear that he likes the struggle of he wants to be the puppet master and he's That's enjoying right. that. Sure. And she's saying, um, I, I don't, I don't feel that. So she's playing into the narrative. She's being yep. the good. Oh, it's house, fine. House frau. Yeah. Absolutely. I get, I get that he sees this relationship as going the normal trajectory, which is bad. Mm-hmm. And he's realizing <laughs> he's trying to have control on this. I'm going through the same cycle again. She's saying, no, no, this cycle's different. This cycle's different, is what I'm getting. I know I already called, the, I'm, I decided to call this uh, episode, um, uh, It's All About Him, Ed, but I thought Breaking Beth might be a better better title <laughs> with a Photoshop as well. We'll so see what she, I can do. She's the one that has the issue that feels like she's not an equal or he doesn't treat her as an equal, and now it's his burden? 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. Let's play the rest of this because it's so telling. You and I also want to be at work. And it's very difficult for me not to have everything. I want to have it all. And I can't. And I have to struggle with that. It's not about Beth. It's about me. That's yes. right. I dated other girls. <laughs> and uh, It's not about Beth. It's about me. In truer words, you never spoke. Facebook. That, that should be the intro to your shows. Yeah, well, I got that one clipped separately, actually. That, that It's not about Beth. It's about me. It's, it's about never been me. about her. It's never. Or them. It's about him. It's constantly. And that's he wanted it that way. She decided, okay. I'll play along. And what happened, as you said, Bob, there's but there's the resentment on his part eventually, but then also mostly on hers because she's trapped, like in a gilded cage. Yeah. Neil no Young shouldn't even be, be able to pet. take a shit without thinking about me. <laughs> no yeah. One, no one wants to be a pet as much as she's saying, I'll be his pet if, you know, X, Y, and Z, I get money. Eventually, the money and all that stuff, like, you're, you're not a human. Like, you're well, dehumanized, so... The just as a as a sort of corollary, guys. The uh, Memphis Mafia, the guys that hung around Elvis, they they're, they're similar sentiments where they got treated very well because Elvis had money, but they, they, he didn't actually pay them a lot of money. Mm. Like he, he kept kept them, you know, a bit of a lifestyle. But that was when they were around him, and they had to defer to him all the time. I'm sure Elvis had NPD as well. Uh, I bet that's he, the same thing going on here. I think that's a great parallel. Yeah, and uh, people that have done the reading, because I'm well-versed, did I? Yeah, you've brought that up before with uh, him and the colonel and stuff, with Don Buckwald. It's a a very interesting parallel, because um, Elvis really, but uh, except that Elvis made films that were successful, he sang and he was successful, he was a fucking live concert draw that was massively, but he actually was talented, Wig's not talented, but the the real parallels are really about his interpersonal relationships like el priscilla was just first of all she was a 14 year old kid that he fucked um like jimmy page fucked lori maddox like when you're talking about me too elvis was jerry a lee lewis jerry lee lewis fucking killed one of his wives i think um in addition to marrying his fucking 13 year old cousin but um anyway the the way Elvis was, was you, like you had to constantly defer to him. And it was very few people within the circle that could talk back to him. Um, and he'd take it. But that was because they had a bond, like a loyalty that, you know, you know, you can. Yes, uh, Bob. So I think when a lot of people hear this and maybe you guys probably think this, too, like how how do I have the experience with MPD that I have? And the main thing that I could say, because even right now, a friend of mine I was trying to date this um, a woman who's trapped in a relationship with someone who has MPD. It, it's not, again, narcissism is on the rise just as a whole in society. And um, narcissistic personality disorder, I always try to differentiate from that. But I'm noticing more and more, more people with it. So the reason why I have the experience with it is I learned the skill set of I learned, I learned the habits and, and the behaviors of it when I was studying um, psychopaths. And the thing is, is, you always see remarkably the same thing over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. So mm-hmm. it's like when I have these interactions and I can understand when somebody has this, it's not even that I'm looking for it. They always have these same patterns. So every time, you know, this... this um, friend of mine that this uh, and I, I I know the girl somewhat that he's trying to date 
when I go and I see them again and she's with this guy, I'll just start to make notes, you know, mental notes. And the thing is, is you see remarkable consistency in their di- in their social dynamics. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can say things to a certain confidence because I've seen it on all levels. What's so fascinating about Howard is he's reached this very high and very public level, which mm-hmm. makes him such a fascinating case. And I've actually talked to other um, guys I know that are in psychology. They're you know, they're, they're absolute geniuses. And I brought him up. He's so relevant. They don't even know that he's still around, but Mm -hmm. I like to submit these things to them because it's just like, this is such a fascinating thing that somebody with this to this degree reached this level. And on top of that, it's public. Yeah. So yeah, it's public and not acknowledged by other public figures, which is even more fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. And that goes along the lines with famous people who are pedophiles who aren't acknowledged until, you know, they're in fucking court or dead or or dead Uh, or in jail. But on the track of what you were saying, so this high level of society narcissism that you're noticing and that I do, too, as well notice, don't you feel that these types of people are the ones on both polar opposites of trains of thought who will never meet in the middle these are the ones that are kind of like pulling the strings in conversations which is actually what narcissists do so we have these like large groups of people who refuse to see in the middle or the other side or any sort of logical thought and i feel like this howard sort of personality is kind of dominating right now Am I yeah, yeah. am I wrong in that train of thought? Well, yeah. like I said um, in the last recorded episode, which is coming out, I believe that a nar- narcissism is in a it's it's an adaptogenic state of the brain to where it wires itself for more emotional based thinking. So when you're talking about um, why can't people see the logic or see the facts and this and that. Emotion is devoid of that. Emotion is devoid of logic. You know, it, it, sure. it, it, people are being more and more wired to engage in a more self-absorbed and emotional-based way of thinking. And I almost view that as more of a survival type of thinking or someone who's been exposed to trauma. And I believe a lot of what's in the media... And part of the reason why I speak out on Howard Stern in specific, because if you look back on some of those shows, it's almost like a trauma that you were engaging in subconsciously. Sometimes it was consciously with certain women that would come in there and he'd be very Mm -hmm. abusive towards them. And I think that he was instrumental in ushering in, at least to some degree, a normalcy of... um, trauma and abuse yeah debasement yeah and so that's where i sort of see society going now i see a lot of emotional thinking i see a lot of abuse i see things going on in the media where they foster this sort of sense of pleasure and seeing the other person suffer that disagrees with you and in both Mm -hmm. sides will air those sorts of things you know yeah this guy proved my point wrong and his whole family was killed and this guy proved my point wrong and he was killed. And that's that's a very worrisome thing to me when you start to condition 
a lot of just basically many Howard Stern's people that revel in um, sadistic pleasures and abuse and, and control and self-absorption. And we see now with Howard, he's a highly um, dysfunctional person and he's left kind of a path of destruction. So, Which, which actually makes me a little furious when I read excerpts or uh, extracts from... Um... Um, from Psychology Today, for example, because there are any number of people writing on there that claim to have been fans, but I, I don't detect any self-awareness from any of them. Uh, not self-awareness, any awareness, that deep awareness of Howard, because they're getting him wrong. They're getting him completely wrong. And if mm-hmm. you recognize NPD in someone, it's because you've done the reading, most likely. It's because you've, mm-hmm. done, you've made a study of it. So now you're at the point, Bob, and, and I think Sam and I are both now, after having done, this is almost like um, our own undergraduate work as well, mm. doing studying him. You can't help but see it in people when you see it. It's almost like you're yeah. wearing these glasses that it's, um, it's, uh, it's like reflex. Mm-hmm. You notice you can you can spot it now without meaning to. It's a become it's become a, a, almost like a, a subconscious. Yeah, and and that's why I was saying like anybody who's listening to this and how does this guy interact with this many narcissists? He, you know, I, I'm not a psychologist. I do have a degree in psychology, but it's just because over the years the can the the amount of consistency that you see in their behaviors. And once you recognize it, and then you start to really pay attention with a certain level of awareness, you mm-hmm. will absolutely see patterns. Yes. And they're so distinct. And especially mm-hmm. if you interact with them on a one-to-one basis, you will see the same things play out in their lives over and over and over again. The stuff with Howard not wanting his staff to realize their own esteem, their own talents, and go out and do things... I see that on every level of NPD, even the most minute level. And in the case that I'm referring to, um, which is my, my friend, this girl that he's trying to see, her boyfriend won't even allow her to set up her keyboard. Um, she's a, a pianist. He won't allow her to set up the keyboard in the living room because I believe he doesn't want her to play it to start to get, in their mind, ideas of and, and start to generate their own esteem. And so... You can see even that that minute of an example can be when you're talking on a scale of Howard Stern, you're talking about everything being scaled up to a much larger level. Yeah, amplified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're going to continue with this one and hopefully get through some of the other clips. Uh, A lot of them went out every night and I did break it off. I couldn't deal with it. Why not? Because I don't like to be left alone. Why? Because I'm jealous. That's not why you broke up with them. No, that's not why. I don't want, I want to be with someone at night. (laughs) You want someone there. Right. (laughs) But do you want someone fully there would be the question. I don't have an answer. Right. Or do you want someone who reminds you you're there? I want somebody to remind me that I'm there. Well, that's, that's a little more concerning. I'm a very sick man. Holy fuck. I, I remember when I when I heard that, that I, I brushed a sign. Hold on. When I, I'm when, NPD. When I first heard that, I was actually blown away because it there was no joke in there. There was it was not it was so matter of fact and so plainly spoken that I really thought I was in somebody else's psychiatry session or psychology psychologist chair uh, listening to someone's eavesdropping almost, which was when the Sturm show was really at its best. It made you feel like you were in the room. And you were having a conversation with these people. You just couldn't be heard. But for him to admit that, 
is astounding. Yeah. And, and Ablo knew that too. And he yeah. heard his reaction. He was like, oh, I, I was hoping you wouldn't take that. But you're so far gone. You, you're actually mentally ill and you yeah. caved into that. Right. So, and as you said, Bob, there is no uh, recovery at that point. Like, there's no fixing a narcissist. They were like, in this case, uh, someone who has NPD, they're not get. They're just getting worse. They're never getting cured. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Which leads it lends more credence to the idea that he's not even going to psychiatry. He's not even seeing his analyst anymore. It's all bullshit. So, one. Well, let's continue that one. I'm a, a mirror. <laughs> delightful. <laughs> delightful. Nonetheless, I have a lot of issues. So I'm working on my issues in therapy. And I know okay. that about yes. myself. And I do say to Beth, she sure, should it's going to be hard for me when you go out. But by all means, you're a person. You have your <laughs> needs. And you need to go out. You, you, and she's not asking me for permission. I know. Yes, I don't ask him but, for permission. But I, I feel the grudge. when I. Now you're mm-hmm. now welcome to Allison's world, honey. That's exactly what Allison had to fucking deal with with this asshole. He, she goes, you know, he, 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 he doesn't want to go out. But if I go out for five minutes, he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. So and listen mm-hmm. to her voice tremble. Yes, I, 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 I feel the grudge. I feel like grudge. I feel the grudge. That night that I'm leading up to leaving, and then the next this day, you yeah. left I, me with my dinner all by myself. I warmed I up my away. meatballs. I'm like, well, I prepared the meatballs. You, you inspire I emotionally, guilt. I emotionally pull away from people who leave me. Yeah, that's right. I do. And then I think about that too when I'm out, so I can't fully enjoy the experience. Good. I mean, that's oh, terrible. Wonderful. Good. Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds healthy. <laughs> and just like we said the first time, listen yeah. to the minutia of the argument that was presented that has uncovered this vast amount of fucked upness. I'm a very passionate man. So he's winning. I only want to stay home because I'm the happiest when I'm you know also It's when clearly she... a reign of terror. Oh, it's a... my God. Well, it's a, it's a... You know, you might be onto something. Maybe I'm the wrong might guy. Be. I'm not, I'm not a good... Are you doing no, this for the show? No, but you know really what? serious saying that I'm the wrong guy? No, I mean, I always felt... No, that... You know what he's saying? Maybe I'm bad. He's threatening you with abandonment. Yeah. He's saying oh. if you equalize yes, this relationship, that's what I'm doing. I may well pull out. Wow. Yeah, of Ralph's asshole. Um, the... <laughs> Like he's nailed him. He nailed him so fucking completely. Yeah. yeah, he nailed himself. Really, let's let's be honest. Sam, you look like you're in shock, and you yet you've heard this a thousand times. Because it's just this. You're you're sitting here in a complete conundrum of nonsensicalness. It's just insane. So you want this person to earn for herself and be her own person, but no, you have to stay at home, but no, you can't present the argument that you don't like, that I make you feel guilty when you go out and you have to do... It's absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's fucking insane. Yeah. I would lose my mind. There is not a goddamn... I don't care how much money he makes, no one can put up with this. Well, I, well, I could see it if she actually got a chance to enjoy his money, which she doesn't, because with the amount of money he, we think he's worth, which we know it's tens of millions at the very least, um, she could be traveling, she could be seeing the world, she could be fucking, like, seeing, then, modeling, like, like, model, you know, well, not in COVID, you know, 2020, but obviously normally she could go to fucking Cinque Terre, she could go to goddamn uh, Antigua, she could go anywhere she wanted, like, for, uh, forever. And enjoy so yourself. then here's my question for Bob, because I wrote this down. Aside from not even the piddly shit, why she, you when you're an NPD abuse when you're abused from somebody who has NPD, 
mm-hmm. you don't feel the safety to leave, especially if you're not smart like Beth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've been programmed almost robotically mm-hmm. to be this toward this type of person to deal with him. Mm-hmm. How do you safely leave this situation? What right now would be the best way for her to leave? Because I truly think there is no way out for her unless she leaves. And I don't feel bad for her. And I'll keep saying this. I think that she has played into this a whole bunch. But when you first hear this stuff and now you look in hindsight, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, you could just see the abuse scaled up. And before you go into it, Bob, didn't you mention, I think, earlier in one of the first episodes that uh, when people do leave the 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 object of the NPD uh this this NPD person or the mm-hmm. spouse let's say they generally don't have anything to do with them ever again there is no oh. clean break there's no such thing as a clean break with them correct correct um again anybody who's listening to this show that's dealing with someone that they suspect has NPD or is a psychopath um, the only way to get away from them is is to leave and never look back. There yep. is no there is no formula. There is no the, the only thing that you can do is you can use the gray rocking method up until the point that you leave. They will come after you. Most likely, they will do everything they can to get you back, and um, they will probably smear campaign you, but. That's the only way to get out. There, there is no other way. You have to just leave and not look back, not accept any money, sever all ties, everything. Yep. I could just see the fucking pity party parade. He would, sh- he would throw himself if she left. He would um, be the victim. Yeah, absolutely. But he, and, he, and then he wouldn't actually reveal anything until years later. It would slip out in some, you know, nondescript uh, Yeah, like Rock Hudson. <laughs> Just a little bit. That's right. the problem yeah. right there. I know how it's to get like the people. As lo- and you're very good. That's subtle. Yeah. And thank you, Dr. Yeah, because it looks like... It, out. it sounds fun, but what he's really doing is controlling everything and determining exactly how it's going to be. Are you saying yeah, how it's being passive-aggressive? I'll make it even, even more, <laughs> more incredible. What? I'm a hugely difficult person to live with. Oh. But he says that with glee. He's, mm. He doesn't say that with any kind of embarrassment. He doesn't say that with a tone that would suggest he's trying to better himself. It's just like, hey, I'm difficult. Like, that's my name, difficult. Good, yeah, good Bob, you were going to say. Well, Robin would definitely know because she's probably been dealing with his subtle abuse for a long time. And again, remember, covert and subtle are, are you're essentially saying the same thing. And um, it's this very subtle abuse. And... Um, yeah, you see it on full display there. And I think that Robin really saw this as a... <clears throat> I think Robin almost, in a way, feels protected by Ablo. So she's able to kind of point these things out because she, I'm sure, has been dealing with this for many years. And she's like, you're really tricky with that. You're really subtle with those things. Like, that's not a new thing to her when she heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's continue with the rest of us and see how far we can get. Oh, who's ever told- that. The fact that Beth can do this. Who has I mean, she's it? mentally I ill. Have told you, I do not envy <laughs> mentally ill at all. At I first guess... it did, I have to say. I used to be Howard's number one hobby. He's still my number one hobby. Stop. Bob's right. 
Robin is using Beth almost as um, as the example of how she is realizing what Howard Svengali like narcissism is. So yeah. Beth's body is it's insignificant. She doesn't care about how Beth feels this. No. She's using Beth and how he treats her as a way to point out the nuances of his subtle narcissistic abuse. Mm-hmm. Covert. Yeah. Like Bob, you, you read that segment I sent you from the uh, Miss America book that he wrote in, in the guise of, he said it was a fan letter and it might've been, yeah. but it's, uh, and it probably was, it was, <laughs> it was written in a way that suggests it probably was a fan letter. Um, and it talks shit like it compa- compares uh, Robin to Mussolini and how yeah. she was nothing without Hitler. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in this case, he's Hitler. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll read it to you guys uh, when we do a coverage of that book. So um, now chess is his number one hobby, but no. I- yes, it is. No. You are my number one. Oh, but, no, but listen, hey, let me ahead, make yes. a, a therapeutic intervention. Yeah, you you here. stopped her before she answered. Yeah, you said no. <laughs> Almost like she's six. No, I mean you were like, no, that's Wait not a second. right. You didn't say six, tell me more. Like I didn't two. Know my number no, one don't pick that up. Don't eat that. Yes. Right. Right, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. She right, feels like she's been replaced by you know kings and rooks. <laughs> okay, I mean, so wrong. I mean, you got to get her. A... <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, you were talking uh, through it a little bit, Sam. But basically, yeah, he said, he said, uh, they they pointed out. No, she's telling you how she feels, asshole. It's not telling you what you feel uh, but he had to make it about himself but here's the interesting thing they're all sort of piggybacking on to this protection that Ablo is providing and they're all showing him stuff That's even right. Artie I mean everybody involved Gary I think just said but you just cut her off you didn't let yeah. him they all want to say this stuff to him and, and they all they all want to get a, get a piece of him they all, they all yeah. want a piece off his fucking arse which, um, which makes it even more interesting to think if what was what would this conversation be like for the jingle ball call if Keith uh, Abelow was on? Because oh you God. know they would have agreed with Allison. Yep. Let's let's try to soldier through. Diamond pin of a rook today. Oh no, thank you. And that was the day that I arranged had arranged for his chess instructor to come in for the weekend. Yes. I took the chess instructor and his wife out to dinner and I for his gift I paid for a whole day one-on-one face-to-face session with the instructor. Had a lunch a chef come in and cook us all lunch. It was the most loving thing someone has ever done. I've never been more Is blessed. it loving or selfless? <laughs> You've never what? No, 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 no. You've no, never no. been more what? Well, I was bored because you were playing chess all day and that was your birth or was it what was it your birthday? It was my birthday and i was away from you all day i i was out Miss- shopping and 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 i was so warmed by my gesture and i knew that you were so happy did you hear like this is like a barrel of fucking narcissists uh, so it's she's warmed by her gesture and she doesn't even know what she's doing it for so his money like let's be real yeah. Yeah. she's paying for with his money who cares either way a gesture that warms her and she doesn't even know it was your birthday or what was it? What was it? I mean, wouldn't you know if it warmed you so much? Right. And she was upset because she wasn't involved in it other than the fact that she put it together. Well, you don't get someone to dinner somewhere and say, but oh, oh, I'm coming along with the dinner. I mean, you Chess can take someone out for people. dinner. Well, yeah. And you, it's his chess master and him, but she decided like, okay, I have to be involved in this. Otherwise, it's not really from me. 
like that's kind of a weird way to approach giving someone a gift. The whole like BD is to make them happy, regardless of how you feel about what you did with the gift. Like if I you're mean, if you want to, you do this because you want to, not because you, you want to feel um, yourself that you've done a great thing. It's supposed to be external. You know, you're, you're completely. You're supposed to disassociate yourself from the fact that yeah, I'm doing this because I want to. I'm doing this because I want to, and it does make me feel good to do this. But it shouldn't be contingent on whether you're involved or not. How I about you she... fucking cook, Beth? <laughs> yeah, God, engagement chicken. <laughs> That's her one trick. We should we forgot to play that one, but it's another time. Say, uh, Bob, I, I think she's trying to take this to a lighter, safer area, and spin one of their uh, narratives. I, I guess I don't. I don't like using that word, but yeah, one of their um, you know fairy tales like. Just getting it to a lighter. I I got on this dinner with uh, such a, and even then because now it's reached a serious level. She tried to do that, and they're both looking at her for serious answers, and she's panicked, and it's spinning out of control, and she's trying to say the right thing. Is what I'm getting from this. Yeah, yeah. And this is a less substantial. Um. This is a less substantial answer that can garner such like a criticism from Keith Ablo. So she's actually saying this story to kind of, uh, you're it's right, like, take it away. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe wind it down a little bit and try to exactly. yeah make it make it into lighthearted. Yeah, lighthearted is a good expression. But I was away from you, so that was a gift that I tried to embrace, but it didn't include me really, except for the the meals. And <laughs> we're talking about. Yes. What is it Ralph wants yeah. to chime in on my session? Uh, again, here he is uh, to come. To, 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 to. Another woman's hurt. Uh, are from. you there? Uh, I'm here. Hey now. Yeah, hey, hey now. Uh, I have a serious question for you, Beth. That, that I wonder about. <laughs> and I know, I know you observe this. How, how do you put up with Howard's constant complaining? <laughs> yeah, it is true. They all look like this is his other girlfriend. Of course it is. And I didn't play that other clip. I should have where he <laughs> called up. Beth and he asked, he goes, uh, Howard gave me a big bunch of money. Uh, I know you and I are in the same boat <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, well, she's not, you're not his girlfriend. <laughs> like, what do you mean? She's not. How do you deal with this constant complaining? This reminds me of my gay best friend when yeah. we're both, you know, like we just both look at, or we're thinking the same thing or we're talking about, I mean, this is insanity. They of all have sympathies. They're all fully aware of what he is. Yeah, you you laugh it off. You like, know what I do? I laugh it off. Just when he's complaining in front of us, Ralph, and you and I are together, we look at each other, and I roll my eyes, and I kind of smile. That's how I deal with it on my own. I turn around, I smile to myself, and I, you know. Do I, I constantly complain? Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> About do but you, you like it. Yourself at all? No, but I you love like when you. I critique. I love you. You like when I critique things. That's what I'm doing. What do I complain about? What did I complain about? Ralph, help me. No, really. What do I complain about? You're everything. About everything. Well, I... <laughs> and they oh, do. I don't complain. I'm criticizing. What do I complain about? You complain about I'm... everything. Well, I'm going to make a bit of an excuse for why I complain about everything because my life's so hard and mwah. Exactly. And I love how Artie's first initial reaction is to laugh. Like, <laughs> guttural laughter, which means true and he already could not fake a laugh to save his life. When he does laugh, it's absolutely genuine because he's tickled. <laughs> the heart, <laughs> exactly. You have to handle things. There was one day Ralph was over all day, and 
we were so aware that you were complaining. There was not one positive thing that came out of your mouth. And we looked at each other, and then we realized while we were looking at each other, there was not one happy positive thing in the whole day. The, Ralph I'm was there for like 10 hours. I'm a very angry man. Internally. I'm very angry, yes. I'm, I have tremendous it's, It makes anger. me you know, so sad that you are. such a happy, like, person. I mean, it I guess there's so a sounds so wonderful. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I, I can't you, imagine. Do you picture do you picture Beth as one of those like punching Beth you know those clown those inflatable clown things you used to punch as kids and they'd come right back up but it yeah. is like, like a smile on their face like yeah yeah of course so imagine Beth in this fucking situation where she has to weather that bullshit now she signed up for it she wanted to do it i don't have any sympathy personally but i don't know how anyone could be so brain dead as if to fucking take it for any kind of money as you said think- sam if you took it away, like if you took away what we know about her now, yeah, let's just say, right. If you took away all that bullshit, animal, faux, kitten, nonsense, right. whatever, right. tension whoring magazine, blah blah, take it away, you would feel bad for her in this clip. Oh her. yeah, yeah. If you didn't know what you already know, they they are remarkably, and again, I say this because we all know negative people, people with narcissistic personality are remarkably negative <laughs> all the time about everything. And, it, and it's to a point, and they know that they do it because it wears people out around them and it wears targets out around them, but they are profoundly negative, mm-hmm. profoundly negative, and it just exhaust and just drains the soul of everyone that's near them so so as a result uh bob would you say that someone who has this like howard when they do compliment people it's pure bullshit or it's a means to get something it's it can can you could you say that it's probably never a legitimate compliment yeah they don't ever really offer a legitimate compliment it's it's always a loaded thing Mm-hmm. Um, oh, damn, for- I really thought he liked Ellen's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but at some point, don't you think that's going to wear thin with you, Beth? Well, Beth has an illness. Did she so happy? <laughs> are you testing her? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for her. But I doesn't see it the way it is. I have tremendous anger. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 Which it's, derives from your childhood experiences. I don't know where it's oh. deriving from. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, but I'm very, a- I'm very angry. You're very angry. Okay. And she feels for broken, she injured feels, She feels sad beings. for me. Yes. <laughs> she feels sad for me. <laughs> Not for her own life, which is now miserable when you're married to this, almost married to this fuck. Right. And so everything she delivers to you, by the way, is in a very loving way. Yes. She's Always. The most I adore loving him. She's the most loving. Yeah, Sam. Okay. Listen to this whole dialogue, too. And I just dawned on me. He has three children. Yeah. Like, this doesn't even factor into anything like listen to this michigas it's such it's such peripheral nonsense like i can't even imagine having this type of sort of frank conversation with a psychologist and you don't even mention your fucking children until the very end and she has to say oh he's a very loving father and he goes i'm an okay father (laughs) (laughs) that that, that is one of my favorite i'm an okay father I think Ablo's trying to bring him back to a safe space. Okay, c- complain about your parents again. It's something yeah. that happened because he knows, like, we're starting to get into bigger territory here. Mm-hmm. 
okay, let's continue. Loving woman I've ever met. I love him. I she do. loves you so I much. Do. I love Wouldn't her. this be... <laughs> My love knows no boundaries. Does you know she? Why this is interesting to me I mean, my love for myself. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Sam. Were you, were you, were you just mugging? <laughs> Does she, Bob? Does she love no. him? Okay. No. Right. I would say no. Right. What was that? <laughs> what was that joke? <laughs> Sal said something like, um, uh, <laughs> what was <laughs> when you met no, Bess? Were you, were you wearing a, a suit made of $100 bills? <laughs> 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 Something like that. Yes. Remember when you read the book Marley and Me? Uh, yes, I did. And you were very touched by the book. I got him the book, by the way. Oh, that was sweet. Yes. <laughs> that was the funny. It was one of the funniest things. I got him the book, by the way. I have to take credit for this shit. Anyway, so the, the, that one I left out. I just wanted to leave that part, and I left the the main part of it where she said he bawled, he bawled, and he, you know, he he for, he about marley and me you don't even remember have you fogged over and you don't no, remember, I remember. How, what was it that touched you about the book i forget i knew it i'm not comfortable <laughs> with emotion i'm not comfortable you're not with comfortable feeling. with feelings no i grew up From... in a shithole i can be anywhere uh, <laughs> but honey, you never, you never uh, said I, I need to go to hell. Pittsburgh and be with your family. Well, now's the time. It's going to happen, and no, I'm already nervous. She's about already it. nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous because I want it to be perfect for us. For him. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you gotta say for, for him. <laughs> you love that, Bob. Fillmore, <laughs> yeah. that could have been you. <laughs> what do you mean? For him. The way he just had said for him. Wasn't that such a Fillmore-esque way of saying it? I don't know. Even even Ablo's had enough of his shit. For yeah. him. <laughs> is that who it is? I'm, and you know, they're not even paying him to attend. You, like, this is just yeah. another free guest that they can get in, and he's trying oh, to I'm glom. Sure they charged him parking to come in there. <laughs> no, they wouldn't validate. <laughs> no. He's sold a serious stock. Everything's going to shit. And he's and his stomach's grumbling because there's nothing yeah, in the green they, room. They invoiced him for the cupcake he had. <laughs> they fucking made him pay crumbs. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine with it. She's very you know worried. That. No, it's she watched him, you every right? second yeah. that she delivered that right. statement. She you watched did, you every <laughs> nanosecond. So I love it. <laughs> and now she's reassuring you, by the way. Yes. She's like, uh oh, I better tell him how beautifully, how much what I love him. What do you think's him. going on here, Dr. Abelo? I the resistor in the circuit. I remember one caller calls in and goes, What did we learn? I think we learned that she'd be safer with Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, you look like like a fucking corpse that was put in the barrel during a season of Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) You're so beautiful. Listen, there are some words that don't go along with certain things, items, people. When's the last time you ever saw him look beautiful? When's the first time you ever saw him look beautiful? (laughs) He's like a weekend at Bernie's, the uncle. He, it's so, something's keeping that guy alive, man. I don't know what it is. I, it fucking, it's like saying like, oh, just see this Sam on this podcast. She's classy. She talks. She speaks. <laughs> she like she graduated from finishing school. <laughs> Sam's elocution lessons are coming into play. Is that what we don't want is for any the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. 
Sam, what is that? What is the um, before junior high? What is that level of schooling? <laughs> Elementary. <laughs> yes. Okay. You had to drop that one at least once. Gendered over years, as you say, God, you know what? I've really been well, worried fuck about you. Him all You're the just getting me to say that word. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made my sister say that at a birthday party. Because said, someone, someone in the comments said, said, "Interesting." All the grades two That's through right. four. That's right. And she said elementary. And I said, yeah, right? And she goes, yeah. And I go, I'm being called out for this. <laughs> yeah, but no, they were not, you weren't being called out. They just said interesting use of the word, interesting way of pronouncing elementary, I believe. And, and but I mean, <laughs> look, this is, we're sidetracking into accents now. So fuck it. Anyway, we, we occasionally do these little, uh, detours guys, but relax. So, uh, let's continue. There's only about a minute left of this. He thinks whether he's walking on the white carpet, I got to worry about the hotel. Uh, and in too the back, I want him to be comfortable at all it's times, not too, but that's too much of a burden for you. Yeah. To, oh. to have to have that constant anxiety, which comes from where I asked you, but we didn't really get into it, but we could at some time in the future or now, but it has to have come from somewhere. Your capacity to be here. I always take care of people around me. My mother. <laughs> he just blurted that out to Sam. Sam did a spit take. <laughs> <You. laughs> Zero irony. I don't know. Did we? Well, I don't remember us catching that in the first thing. Maybe we talked over it. Where did that come from? Fear. <laughs> Bob, Bob, like it's almost like he took he he uh, undid his uh, jacket and showed a bunch of guns to her. <laughs> so this is what's waiting for you if you fuck yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh I, my god, is he wearing uh, a fucking bomb vest? <laughs> Bob, Bob's shaking his head too, and it ate the beer. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare of a guy! What a fucking nightmare of a person! Seriously. <laughs> So imagine so just just a little off topic before we continue before we wrap this up because I don't I think this will be the end of this and then we'll continue it at another time and I'll release what we have then or I'll put it all together from a couple days worth. Um, so if you're Ross Zapin or if you're Dominic or if you're I don't know whoever else likes to fucking like to hang around with him and and actually spend time with him, what mm. kind of assholes does it make them? Well, birds of a feather. Yeah. You know? I mean yeah, that's yeah, why. The thing when we bring up Ralph, birds of we don't have to go down this route, but when people wonder what Ralph is, it's like, okay, Ralph's an entitled person who can't sustain relationships on an adult level, who doesn't want to do anything. Like, it sounds like Howard Stern to me. Like, it, it people, if, if if, it, if librarians hang out with other librarians, you know, jocks hang out with other jocks, like dysfunctional fucked up people hang out with other dysfunctional fucked up people. I know. Just people who like suck cock. And... Bridge and tunnel cock smokers who used to be parking lot attendants hang out with other ones. <laughs> yeah, they're just dysfunctional fucking weird people that... <laughs> I don't know. That, that's why I think they're friends. <laughs> we, I think if we dug up Sam Simon and reanimated him, we could get some answers out of him. Yeah, we should end this episode with a thank you for being a friend. Well, oh, Dominic, if you look at Dominic, would you say that he has a lot of successful adult relationships? Or, I mean, would you say that that's a functional human being? Like, just just ask his, every one of his ex wives. I mean, They'll yeah. Like, 
he's a fucked mayday, up mayday. controlling <laughs> narcissist. So that's yeah. who Howard hangs out with because that's what he is. Yeah. Boat like, is know. on fire. Yeah. <laughs> we'll turn the fucking radio off. <laughs> the end of that one they're always said you're a people pleaser you always you know want to say the right why thing why should you your mother say... define who you are but you're saying but you're saying it's not what dr ablo is saying it's not real love that you feel for me it's more fear oh my god no 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 he literally wants to be the boat captain in cape fear he wants to be robert hero such a fucking loser He's just admitting what he knows. Yeah, That's exactly. All uh, last bit, guys. Not true. I have found my peace yes. with this man. Like, uh, I really have. I am so happy and fulfilled and just full and warm with this man in front of me. Okay, Sam, what? <laughs> you, you wanna... Here's Johnny. Yeah. Beautiful, beautifully said. I love the sentiment. It doesn't erase, as you two are prone to do, yes. it doesn't erase the subsoil right. that we've uncovered. Right. right. In other words, it doesn't erase the anxiety that she might experience in the relationship. It's not all perfect. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even close to being in the same vicinity as perfect, except perfect. if you're talking about like the uh, American Gothic painting, which uh, I might Photoshop to do one of them. Um, it's astounding. Doing uh, good, I don't... right, Bob? Perfect, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Because all perfect couples need to keep telling us that they're perfect. That's the first sign that they're doing well. I love that that psychology clip where we'll play another one where, he, where the psychologist psychiatrist goes to him. Uh, Listen, we have to explore, you know, homosexuality. Said, Bullshit! I'm not going to explore that. I, mean, I like chicks, dude. <laughs> every straight guy has said that, and every every couple that's happy tells you how perfect their life is. Beth has more style. I definitely have more style. He has a stylist. I do not. I love it when? I love it when I'm in bed, making love to my wife and at home, just relaxing. I love it when it's just the two of us alone together. Recipe for a perfect date night? <laughs> home, dinner, glass of wine, and to bed. Right? What'd she say? Definitely a bottle of wine. <laughs> 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 That's one of my favorite clips of all time. <laughs> she never mentioned anything about making love. He never mentioned anything about a bottle of wine. Bottle of wine, first thing right off the bat. S- Sam, Sam, what do you think about bottle, doing... <laughs> bottle of wine, some Vicodin. Hopefully not to the point where I'm completely passed out and can't pick myself up up the stairs. That's right. But heart, maybe Bianca uh... can carry me if she's at weight. <laughs> Beth's stringy hairs, stringy extensions getting caught up in Roomba. Rubik trying to get away. Hey guys, I'm doing the talk out. So, <laughs> listen, we really heavily did this episode um, with Bob and Fillmore and Beth and Howard, and we're spent. So, next episode, we're going to go into a little bit more in depth for the NPD with some amazing clips and a lot more coming. So, thanks for listening to Quite Frankly.
what was in this particular case, guys, we ended up, I think, finishing up with the, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Ablo or just about after the Ablo rundown we did that was truncated. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing now is we're going to try to finish off Beth Stern and Howard's relationship. So I'm going to start with this one. It's a clip of Ralph. (laughs) Well, you guys hear it. It's Ralph saying that he and Beth are in the same boat. But before we do, go ahead, Sam. (laughs) I just have to tell you guys i found this twitter account it's called beards club on twitter Mm -hmm. so they have about um multiple like thousands and thousands of followers i want to say like around twenty-five thousand followers and they just basically troll celebrities who they think or have proof of that have been you know having bearded relationships and okay. so that they post the pictures and they have proof or articles of it. Well, they posted one of Beth and Howard, like when they first got started, when Twitter was first started, like years yeah. ago. Right. And then I um, posted a picture of Ralph and him. I did a collage of him and Ralph, who, <laughs> two of them, and then him in drag with beef in the Santa Claus outfit. Right. And then him and Beth just together regularly standing like the ghouls that they are. Yeah. And that not the one where not the one the where he's pe- five steps ahead and she's trailing yeah. behind. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and the Beards Club retweeted it and it got yeah. so many like, oh it's it was been hiding in plain sight. <laughs> this makes sense. Well, and then us, I took Benjamin some, hold on. and then I took Benjamin's. I took Benjamin's is Howard happy video where he just does a montage of him raping basically talk show hosts and trying to make out with them. And they retweeted that one too. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) I thought you were going to put the Photoshop of the, uh, his, his brilliant Photoshop of uh, Dr. Sarno's curing back pain. (laughs) (laughs) I love that one. I love that one. It was so subtle. Um, but, uh, well, for example, just to just to also color it, who else is do, do they out on that? I know one of the Chris's, Chris Pine, was on they there. Actually, they've been outing out a BBC host for, like, years, and he finally came out of the closet this year. I don't think you should be pushed to being outed, but Howard, this is my only exception with this. Right. The guy who works for the BBC isn't mocking gay people and right. mocking people a... in the closet for years. Like That's Howard exactly mocked right. Ellen, Howard right. rocked, uh, mocked Rosie. He he mocked High Pitch Mike, who worked right. for him on his staff and basically bullied him into coming out. Uh, right. You know, he bullied a guy who is, you know, mentally disabled into being gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> high pitch eric and how, you know how many whack like, packers how many whack packers turned out to be get you deceased or or still alive like supposedly caps janks is as well it's amazing how many turned out to be um or claimed to be gay right and i so in the in the thing that i posted they retweeted i said longest running beard relationship by far to cover up his long-standing relationship with his quote unquote stylist who was a teen parking attendant when he found him dot 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 <laughs> and, just four, and four people retweeted it <laughs> it sounds like grooming 101 uh when you say parking lot attendant it adds that extra little bit of mm. 
Um, but uh, but anyway, I like if it was a journalist or an anchor, like a TV anchor that's not given to op-ed pieces. Uh, you know, it's just they're reporting the news or their game show host or something. Like that. There's there's public and then there's public. And then if it was a religious guy who quote, who preached against homosexuality, of course you'd want that person to get fucking outed. So anyway, well, I think I anybody push. that propagates a culture of abuse deserves all the ridicule that that they get. Absolutely, you know, sexual or or any kind of abuse. Uh, he he obviously partook in sort of uh propagating on a on a large scale so yeah like the foul wall stuff is amazing yeah yeah, uh, yeah. like that i, that I, really- I was oh i knew that was going to be a lot better than when it first started trickling in i go well this is going to be good and yeah, of course gonna- it's a pool boy i'm like it's desperate housewives 101 juicy loving it that's when you use that Michael Jackson gif of him eating popcorn in Thriller at the at the movie theater, mm. or the the giraffe with the big bowl of popcorn in front of him. <laughs> yep. Way. Yeah. Anyway, so this one clip. Uh, let's see if I can get it. Uh, okay. Okay. Ralph asks Beth if she feels guilty. Well, that's when he called Beth and he said, "You know, I really feel embarrassed uh, with these gifts from Howard and cashing them." Uh, you and I are in the same boat. He goes, just like it for me. He goes, he goes, don't you feel guilty when Howard gives you jewelry? Oh, and, what an, oh. And, and, uh, and like, Beth was like, what is he talking about? What, well, okay. They're both paid employees. One of them sucks his cock, and the other one is Beth. So, well, that's our opinion, Bob. <laughs> I kind of how much is left of that clip? There's, it's, um, it, it it was based on uh, there's no that's the that's the whole clip because the rest yeah. of it is start them them like going well she's not my girl she's he's not my girlfriend and it's all this incredulous you know how could he say that when you think about it it mm. actually is Ralph doing us a favor by saying look you're a paid employee I'm a paid employee we're both here to make him look hetero. Mm-hmm. Um, except I, you know, we, I think we, <laughs> Sam and I both think that, I, uh, you know, well, you know, here, here's work as uh, unit and, um, you make him, you, you know, you go out with him in public. What's the difference? We're both empl- salaried employees. Let's reverse this. Let's go say, ahead. for example, let's say, for example, my boyfriend, one of his best friends said, I, he got me a beautiful necklace. And okay. then his best friend turns to me and says, don't you feel guilty? <laughs> or let's say one of his, he has a car lot, say one of, one of his employees, his mechanic turns to me and says, oh, don't you feel guilty like I do getting that necklace? Because he earns a paycheck from my boyfriend. So right. why would I feel guilt? What would one have to do with the other? You're getting a paycheck because you're an employee. Why would I feel guilty as a girlfriend getting a necklace? Well, I think they're both using them. Yeah. And I think he's saying we are both feeding into this illusion. We know that this illusion exists and we're here to facilitate the illusion and we're gaining benefit off of the solution, off of the illusion, um, whatever it may be. Um, that's sort of what I gather from that because I'm not in in the same school that that he's sleeping with Ralph. But I think what Ralph is saying, like, we're in the same boat in that both of us have interpersonal relationships with him and we're facilitating 
this sort of illusionary thinking that we both know exists and we're sort of facilitating this continual abuse and we're both kind of playing them. Well, I can go if we if we were to take away what Fillmore and I think and I'll go down your um, train of thought. I'll walk that path that makes then when what he's saying to Beth is basically like we are faking this friendship or we are faking this bond with Howard. Yes. It's it's um obligation that we have to mm-hmm. have this relationship with him to continue and the things that we receive from him. I almost think guilty mm. Ralph might feel guilty, but I actually feel like it must feel extremely shitty to just like oh i gotta pretend to like this person just to get this necklace at that point you just want like a trunk full of money i mean he's that impossible they're both benefiting they're both benefiting from fame connections money um you know all of the above yeah yeah I should explain uh, the context for folks who don't know. This was around the time when he it was like Christmas or so. I, I can't remember exactly, but uh, he he supposedly gave Ralph a big check. It would have been I'm I'm assuming it was four figures, like five grand or something like that, and it was a lot of money. You know, some people were thinking JD went on the air and said he thought it was a million dollars. And he goes, and then Howard says something that made me fucking hysterical, laugh hysterically. He goes, for, for a million bucks, he better be blowing me. <laughs> I should have pulled that. But um. yeah, this is how they use money, though. This is why they like money. They don't like money for normal reasons. They don't like money because they can acquire other things. They like money because they can control things. And right. they're and he and Howard is controlling both of them. Both of them are generating him with supply, and mm-hmm. he's buying them off. Everybody knows what's going on, either consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam? on the ra- on the wrap up show today, because even though the show's on vacation, I guess the wrap up show was going on. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah, and it was Rasan and Gary, or I'm sorry, Rasan and John Hine. And they were doing the old lie detector tests. So they did Robins and then they did Ralph's. You mean, and you mean, you mean the ancient one, like pre pre The 2000s. ancient one. Okay. Hmm. And they said the phones don't, the phones stopped working at some point because people were starting to question the relationship with Howard and Ralph, and we have to find this wrap-up show because I don't know if it's going to be taken out of the replay. And I hope one of our listeners heard it today because it started going downhill for Howard. And, yeah. Did you hear it? I No, I didn't hear it. But another thing I want to add to hmm. the point of them being in it together, they probably both hate Howard and they both know that they hate Howard and they probably com- commiserated with each other over it. Like, you mean hey, Rasan, Rasan and Gary? Oh, uh, no. Um, Beth, it, Beth, Beth and, and, Ralph. and Ralph. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I thought I Rasan thought I and I... Gary commiserated on the rap show to play the gayest stuff possible. <laughs> uh, that would be fantastic. I do think that Beth and Ralph, especially in these recent clips when she was saying that she always thought Ralph was gay, I think that Ralph is a 
is a lifesaver for Beth. She wants Ralph around. She doesn't want him to leave because then they could kibitz together. Like they, they have talked about multiple times where they just look at each other and they give each other the eye of yeah. he's being such a miserable cunt and <laughs> does nothing a... but negativity. They yeah, she both a... know exactly how he is. She wants exactly. a witness. Exactly. <laughs> she wants, no, no, she exactly also, correct. Ralph is one of the girls. So it's like having another girl around. But they'll, and... they'll turn every relationship into that because every relationship that they have that's close to a certain degree, that person always becomes not a separate being. That person, even if it is a male, even if it isn't a romantic relationship, if someone is close enough to them, they will turn this into this phenomenon where there is no autonomy. So that person is just subjected to the same sort of guidelines that a spouse would be subjected to. Mm -hmm. So they both know because they're subjected to the same at least ballpark of abuse and money is had uh, held over i'm sure both of their has along with status and connection so i'm sure i'm sure even even with all of that aside just them knowing howard on a more personal level they know what he's like and there's probably mm-hmm. not a lot of people that get to see that and there's probably a lot of people that see a different side to them. Yeah. yeah. So that just sort of solidifies their connection and that we know the real, you know, we know. You're the real right. Because it, yeah. it's trickling in and that little trickle that we get, the little dribs and drabs, that, mm-hmm. is, a, that is a part of a lot bigger picture that you're saying. These little mm-hmm. morsels that we are digesting that's an indication of exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next clip is called Wig says that he and Beth might need couples counseling because they're things they don't talk about. And this is about 2008, early 2008. It might be before the Ablo thing, but I, I, I'm not sure. Either way, it would be in the same year. I'm thinking that this year you should quit therapy. And I can tell you why. If you like why? It. I think you're thinking too much about how you should be doing rather than just taking things as they are at the moment and just admitting to yourself, well, okay, I have issues. I'm still selfish and needy and insecure, but I... um, Yeah, but I'm not. I I have to understand when I go to therapy. And you know what? I've been giving a lot of thought to this. Well, let me finish, though. Okay, just breaking it up, guys. Sorry. Well, okay. You're the king. Go ahead. I've been giving a lot of thought to this. Like I was th- like every time I'm away from therapy because I've been away for two weeks, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I don't want to go to therapy anymore. I've been thinking about it because you know what it is? I feel like I've made progress in therapy, but I'm always just going to be miserable. Okay, go ahead, Sam. No, that seems hopeful. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's like going into a restaurant knowing the food's going to be shit and ordering anyway. So, Bob, do you think currently he's still in therapy because Fillmore and I have discussed this and we both think he's not because he's getting worse. Yeah, I I think he is. Um, I think that therapy for him is probably a much different concept than it is for, for most other people. Um, I think Howard has, has really gone to another level. Um, I think his ability to manage his personality disorder and this is common in people as they get older, mm-hmm. is having um, 
he's having less and less control over it. And I, I would love to know what's going on in those sessions. I, I would doubt. Um, I mean, I know. again, we're, we're talking about a real personality disorder. We're, we're not talking about someone who's just a full-blown asshole. Like, there, there's, <laughs> there's something clinical going on. Like, there is yeah. a point that you reach where it's not manageable. Like, if you, if you send a schizophrenic person in for, um, you know, therapy, you're, you're going to hit a wall with them because there is a serious issue going on that, that probably has a, a biological basis. So I think he is still talking to him. I don't think that he's getting any, any of the benefit from it that I do think he was getting at this time, though, because I think he's just too far gone now. To use an analogy, although it's not, it's not, um, psychology, it's, it's psychology related, but it's not, it's more about substances. When I read the Chris Farley book, uh, which was incredibly sad, the Chris Farley show, I think it was called, and, um, they made a documentary about it, but the book is the one you got to read. It's really, by the end I was fucking crying and I, I, I didn't know the guy. Um, and the way one of the friends explained it to him was he, he had done rehabs like 12 times before he had passed away. And the, they said the problem was he had internalized all the dialogue, but he, he, he had, he'd learned the lingo, the AA lingo, but he never, ever took it to heart. And he never, it was almost like he got like a fourth grade, um, book summary of the AA thing, but didn't actually take the lessons it, it fully so that he wouldn't understand that this is why this keeps happening. And mm -hmm. so with Howard, my, my, my perception is, well, first of all, guys, it's Freudian. It's, it's analysis he's doing. It's not mm -hmm. modern clinical psychology. So there's no end goal. That's the problem. That's why yeah. Freudian, Freudian analysis has been debunked. I don't know how long ago. And, but he insists on it because that's like, it's the first Chinese food he ever had. And that's the one he keeps ordering. Cause that's the one he can't deal with anything else. Could you imagine him changing it suddenly and going to someone who's going to challenge him and say, look, you are fucked up. I, 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 want, I, want, I want to help you get better. You're not oh, getting you're better. But even, right. Yeah. Right on that. But even like, say, if Bob D, who has said how hard it is for narcissists to even change, let alone if it's possible, could you imagine, say, the therapist says, I'm done? And he has to go and he suggests you have to go to this behavioral mod therapist. Mm -hmm. And so now he actually has to have culpable responsibility where he is changing not only his way of thinking, mm -hmm. which is selfish enough, but he actually has to produce actions. Results. That results. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Do you think mm -hmm. that's even possible, Bob? Because I don't. Well, no it way. It is, but it would be extremely rare. And I think that um, Howard found a guy because, as you could, as you could imagine, uh, when these people go into therapy, they'll, they'll pretty quickly start to defraud the therapist and turn it into oh. basically a supply session. So to find a guy who's at a level that is sort of immune to that and is able to be very straight with him and able to harness directions he wants to go, um, you know, that's going to be a pretty rare thing. And I think Howard knows that. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. I think no. Abelo would have actually been, if he wasn't, you know, some sort of 
freak. BD- BDSM slave master. <laughs> we said, you know, he was very observant and hit on some very key points in the way he managed Howard during the session with him and Beth was very astute. Mm-hmm. I think that if Keith Ablo actually became Howard's therapist and wasn't a pile of shit, you know, personally, mm-hmm. he would have probably maybe could have done some good to with Howard and for Beth. Yeah. And you start getting into trust issues and will this person run away with my money? And then when you have someone like Howard that has sort of endless resource, you are going to run into a lot of people, even on a professional level, that are going to take advantage of that. And Completely. I'm sure he knows that and he doesn't trust anybody, you know. They they don't trust anybody ever yeah. at all. Doesn't right. matter how close they are. I think we might have even played that on one episode. Maybe not, but there's one where Robin asks him, "Who do you trust?" And he goes, "My psychiatrist." <laughs> and that's yeah. because no you know he, his his first answer was a psychiatrist, and then he goes, "Do you don't have any friends you can confide in?" And he goes, mm, "Well, there's Ralph. Well, you pay Ralph." And I go, "Well, there's Beth, and she you pay her too." And he goes, "I don't <laughs> trust anybody. I don't pay." It's true. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, we'll we'll continue with the clip anyway because it is actually fascinating. But I was thinking he should go to the fucking psychiatry school of Artie, where he just tells him to fuck off, and mm-hmm. just, you know, get a Philly cheesesteak and shut the fuck up. Your life is too good. And <laughs> you're resigned. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. It just seems to me that I started to say to myself, the real reason I went to therapy is because I have this feeling inside that I'm just miserable. And even Beth has to constantly remind me, don't become one of those pranky, miserable men. You know, she has to, like, she sees. And she shakes you up and says, stop it. Yeah. Because- <laughs> this is 2008, guys. <laughs> Twelve years later, he's not, not, ain't a damn thing changed. He's still a miserable old twat. Oh Think about how happy you would be with half a million dollars. <laughs> And endless resources and a three-day work week where you just get to kibitz and laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine a more privileged, amazing existence, which is why, Bob, what the fuck? This Half is, a million? This is, again, yeah, he's, he's got way more. <laughs> um, the, this is, again, like the misery that these people have is so far beyond just your typical, oh, my friend's negative, or I have a negative coworker, my, my parent is negative. Maybe those mm-hmm. people do have MPD. People mm-hmm. with MPD are just unreasonably unhappy. And it is, mm-hmm. it is so profoundly deep, and it is a huge part of their personalities. And they wear, they, they'll actually wear their victims out with how oh, negative they are constantly. <laughs> Yeah, and they use it as a tool, but it's like, again, this is what I, the, the point I'm trying to make when, when people are listening to this. This isn't just a normal negative person. Like, this is a person that is unreasonably negative at a profound level at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 on, it's, it's a part of who they are. He's reached a Zen level of covert narcissism. Um, exactly. Sam? So you say, you know, there's always that cliche money 
can't buy happiness, which is yeah. understandable and true in a lot of sense. But yeah. this goes beyond that, meaning I don't think he's the same person from when he was making that $92 or whatever nonsense. He goes $98 a week. He <laughs> goes on about, $96 you know, and like bullshit, yeah. 77. Yeah. And when it was 400 or the equivalent of 400 something for part-time work. Not, and not bad. <laughs> but, and then yeah. um, to making $90 million a year. So to, but this 90 million a year, it seems like how he describes this unhappiness, I used to think maybe he's just complaining and this is his shtick. He seems yeah. more unreasonably unhappy as the years go on. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how. Like, well, when you're, when you're, when you when you're closeted so your entire much. life. They, well, they don't, first off, again, and I get a lot of people's points and I get your guys' points. He's all about the money. He's all about... Yeah. He is about the money, but they don't view money the same way. Right. They view money as a tool to acquire more supply, and they view money as <clears throat> they don't. They they view money. So we view money as we we control our environment and that we can have food, we can have an apartment, a house. They think that money should buy me happiness. Like they believe right. that. They believe that. I have this, this is a part of, they have a very ABC way of looking at everything. Whereas, you know, someone who, who's a little bit more grounded will go, yeah, you, you cannot buy certain things. You know, when they say money doesn't buy happiness, like you're t talking about things that money can't buy all those things. They don't know how to acquire. They don't, it's, it's a foreign language to them, like general love, general friends, general interests, like they're sitting here constantly in this battle of, I have this money, this should be acquiring me these things, but it doesn't ever acquire those things because those are things that you can never acquire with money. The only time I've ever seen him really happy is when people who are his, I guess, foes or people that are in his industry or someone that he perceives as an enemy is losing. He only yeah. seems happy... Yeah genuinely gleeful when people mm. are down yeah, yeah they, the misery. They, revel, they revel in the dismay of others and sadism is typically a very high um you know when you do an inventory it's it's usually a very high marking part of their personality almost universally especially with covert narcissists so in this case, Bob, let's let me see if I can imitate the dialogue I have of Wiggy in my mind going, mm. all right, I got this money um, divorce from Allison. I'm going to get I got this fuck pad in Manhattan. Now what? Oh, well, Ralph goes, so get a get a Mercedes limo. OK, he gets the limo. Now what? Uh, because it's not like bringing him happiness. All of a sudden, OK, he's with Beth. He gets Beth. Oh, um, I got Nick's tickets. Look at him in the in the front row of those Knicks games. He looks like he could be watching a brick wall for all the <laughs> for all the joy, joy it seems to give him because yeah. he knows nothing about basketball, doesn't care. Well, let's mm -hmm. get him. Uh, you know, let's get the fucking Buckingham Palace in Florida. Okay, we get that fifty five million sold. Now what? Mm -hmm. It sounds to me it's always like you're reaching you for are something. So right. You're buying stuff for the purposes of like. There's a David Lee Roth quote that I love. Uh, you just said it, uh, start the first part of it, Sam, um, money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does buy you a big fucking yacht so you can park up along the next side of happiness. And, um, mm. 
I mean, you should at right. some point be able to, even if let's, cause he's obviously not given, get, getting money, getting, um, joy out of having stuff, but it sounds like he's not happy with giving anything either. So it's not like he's giving charity to someone and that makes him feel better or he's helping someone along. It, it just sounds like a bottomless pit of fucking nothingness. So it's, it's depressing. If, if you look at, let's say, um, um, the spectrum, spectrum disorders, what, what you'll see with a lot of people that have that, do you want me to wait right now? What's that? No, 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 keep going. No, it's yeah. all right. So if you look at people with spectrum disorders, um, which is an area that I've spent a lot of time studying as well, um, <clears throat> they will often say, even in the most functional, like Asperger's syndrome, they will say, I feel like everyone in the room has a script that I don't mm -hmm. have. They feel mm -hmm. lost when it comes to social interactions. Mm -hmm. In many ways, what narcissistic personality disorder at least borrows from that, and why some people think it's actually on the spectrum, is that they want to be like people who have Asperger's, and I'm, I'm not trying to offend. I actually try to help a lot of people with that. It's a condition that I've um, spent a lot of time studying. Um, mm -hmm. They'll say, they'll look at someone who's, let's say, normal, and normal is a big term, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, let's just say generalities, people that have healthy relationships with friends or people that have healthy romantic lives, things of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. They'll see it almost like you're watching animals on the Discovery Channel go, oh, okay, so they have that. And that that's what, like, they went on a cruise. Let's mm -hmm. say he sees a couple go on a cruise. So I need to go on a cruise. Mm -hmm. um, and then they go on the cruise, but they don't understand that so much more goes into that emotionally. It wasn't just the, the money. If anything, the money was the last aspect of, of what really facilitated that couple going on a cruise. Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost like they watch everything like we're all in this cage and they're trying yeah. to mimic what we're doing through money but right. because they want to be normal. Mm -hmm. Howard wants to be normal. He mm -hmm. he resents Gary's normalcy. He he did this handsome hung Howard bit that I've heard a couple times. His oh, yeah. ex, his most extravagant things, and and when we're talking about comedy, we're talking about exaggerations. His most extravagant ideas were just neurotypical things, like taking your wife to Europe, yeah, or just having a well-adjusted family, like. Mm -hmm. That was his craziest fantasy at that moment. You could see how much they want that normalcy, but they just well, don't know how to do it. Well, two things. First of all, it makes it makes it, every time over the years since he's been divorced, when he mentions about how he went to therapy to be a better father, he mm -hmm. mentions it so often that it's just a talking point. But it sounds to me like the mere fact that he mentions it so often means that he really was when we know it, but we know with a 99.9% so .9 certainty that he was an absentee shithead father. Mm -hmm. It means that he must've been worse than even he says. It must be mm -hmm. worse than we think. He must've mm -hmm. been even, you know, as we heard verbally abusive to Allison within the house and probably mm -hmm. the ranting and raving that went on, like him saying, turn out the lights, who pays for this shit, but beyond what normal dads might do. And growing up, it was the same thing. Don't leave the water running, turn the lights yeah. off when you, you know, I, I, that's, but this different scale when you're making millions of dollars. Right. But here's my, here's my question. Sure. 
for example, let's use a let's use his photography thing, which was you know maybe after you tuned out and and just a, well out, a couple of years after I tuned out, <laughs> 2012 or so, he took up mm-hmm. photography. Mm-hmm. But he had he couldn't just take up photography and learn the way a normal person would by making you know taking shitty pictures. He had to go in and make get, learn Photoshop to fix his fuck ups, and in mm. doing so, didn't learn Photoshop properly. He fucked up every photo. He overused it. He used the cloning tool. And he, there's mm. examples online, guys, of photographs that he's used. And mm. just uh, Sam, we're talking about his photography, his failed ventures into photography and how he couldn't wait the normal amount of time to become a good photographer if he was ever going to. He had to rush things because he oh, clearly what do you saw. Mean? It's, he, it's brilliant when he chops <laughs> off a foot or <laughs> dog's paw. But blurs a face up. to look like it's. Slims slurs of face to look like it's Gak. So so basically he saw other people, I think maybe even gotten jealous of his sister who's actually a, a professional photographer mm. and said, I want to try this too. I'm gonna to be good at it. And the problem is always he's never been good at anything except okay. bullshitting. Well if if I could again, since I this is coming on the back of my other point. <clears throat> to dovetail this and again the the way that they view people because they're sort of missing that the script analogy that i um described that you see with um people often describe who are on the spectrum so it's almost like they're watching everybody in a cage right and they're mm-hmm. they're watching normal behavior what they're perceiving as normal behavior what they're told is normal behavior and so <clears throat> when they see people with hobbies they basically try to emulate what they're doing mm-hmm. and they don't actually have an interest. So it's almost like if, if someone, if I lived with you, um, Fillmore, let's say you played tennis or something, mm-hmm. um, it would be like I'm sort of almost like an alien and I'm like, I want normalcy and I see he plays tennis, so I'm going to emulate what he does, but I don't have a genuine interest in it. Because when yeah. people have a genuine interest in it, they, they derive it on their own. You know, here we go back to Howard. I didn't have a role model that showed me basketball. Right. Or, um, you know, I, I need a to lot grill. of in, in the interest that don't have a male role model that shows them that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like he said this thing. I, I also heard it on another thing, uh, another recent show you guys did, where he was talking about guitars, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I just figured it'd either be guitar or it would be photography." And I couldn't get a hold of guitar, so I just decided, "Fuck it." He's like, "Fuck guitar," because he had to put it down because he couldn't. He can't do it, it. Out. right? So, so that's what they'll do. They'll devalue and discard it, and it's like someone who genuinely wants to learn guitar or no actually at that point he was talking about painting mm-hmm. um what's That's interesting his parents about, fault it's his it's parents his, fault he wasn't a painter everything's, or, everything's been everything erased fault. someone else either that or the the male role model that didn't exist whatever um here we have painting which is really open to interpretation if someone can't play guitar you can know they can't fucking play guitar so that's probably why he abandoned that but it was like he just sat down sort of like an alien and was like oh i see them doing that behavior i need to emulate that behavior and they don't actually have anything behind it any passion or really want to learn these things it's just sort of emulation behavior 
So I got a question for both of you guys. Do you figure that it was simply a matter of Ben giving Howard all these chances to do stuff and him fucking everything up that he gave up and just said, fuck it, I don't want to do it anymore. And Ben kind of said, well, I'm not pushing you. Here's your option. You can do this. Like the karate that they took him to karate class. And after 10 minutes, he said, I'm not doing that. That's the way Ray explained. And they left. They just took off. He, Mm -hmm. he, it's just a matter of he's so useless and his parents figured, well, he's clearly useless at this. So why bother pushing him at something he has no interest in? And he's not going to, he doesn't want to develop. So is it low self-esteem, low ability? I don't know. Sam? So I think that he actually requested those karate lessons and he played piano. So he requested music lessons. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think because of his laziness, he just disregarded the lessons. And mm-hmm. because Ben's probably, um, not cheap, but just cognizant, just pra- like, yeah, yeah like, Pragmatic. I'm just not... Pragmatic, what a waste of lessons, you know. Right, yeah. like, if this person isn't going to really try or practice or take pride in what he's doing or try to hone in his skill, I'm not going yeah. to pay for this. Right. Yeah. I think and it's so with... a, a lack of passion. Yes. These, these people don't have passion for anything. Right. Anything at mm-hmm. all. Right. So let's go into it because we only did a minute and a half. Because, you know, that's why I go. So I'm kind of afraid to give it up. But at the same point, I'm starting to lose faith that I'm really going to change. Oh, stop it. And then is it all worth it? And Though, you know who has the key to your change? My mother. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Come on, I know you can get this one. Okay, let's let's give it another go. Hold on. Okay. Oh, I could never have gotten that. <laughs> Don't ask me that. I never would have guessed that person in years. I was like, who? And that's the source of my problem. I always think somebody else holds the key. Right. You think there's some magic you, out there. You hit it right on the head. You'd be a good therapist. You always you always tag me. Yeah. I see Bob nodding and it's like your head was gonna crack. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Bob's like take... not Bob's nodding like it's a fucking Tupac song. <laughs> <laughs> Me it, against the world. <laughs> it's they they I can't even articulate it to your guys' audience. Like they don't want responsibility for right. anything. And I when I say anything, I mean fucking anything. Oh, as, we so, know. As, as we the audience should right? know. They shouldn't know, but you don't really know it until you see it. And you're like, right. man, are you fucking serious? Like, the just basic things that we all take responsibility for every day that, that you're not even conscious of. They yeah. don't. He's not. Like, I was he's responsible of, for hot reason. water, Bob. Hot water. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. Boil it. I don't doubt it. So, so in this case, let's say, let's say for example, Bob, the stumbling block to me would appear to be. Because he, because of the covert narcissism, it's I don't know if it's a chicken or egg thing, but well, for whatever reason, he can't the he can't go into a, a psychologist or a, a psychiatrist's office and say, "I've got a problem, I need to fix it," because inherently he doesn't believe he has a problem, or mm. like that the fault the false self would dictate, "No, mm. you don't have a problem. That's everybody else's problem." So why I do would, I have to change? I would say. Uh, actually, to be honest, I would say the opposite. I would okay. say he knows he has a problem. 
Okay. And he has a very specific problem that he can very easily defraud or get defrauded. Mm -hmm. And so whoever this person is that he has put this trust in is a very unique scenario that I don't think he's going to afford to many other um, professionals. Okay. Would be my take. Okay. Let's continue. There's only a bit left of that one. And I make the point, Howard, that I, I, I hear what you're saying and you're feeling that way, but that's you and your mind by yourself. You could be in this relationship with Beth and just go into it. And if there really are problems between you and Beth, which is your primary focus personally. No, that's not then, my primary then focus. Then go into. No, but there I, will be problems between me and Beth if I'm not in get all, It'll all go bad. Yeah, believe me. I've seen it happen before. <laughs> it, it just seems to go bad. So. Okay. So there's only about a minute left of this, so I'll try to get through it all. Uh, Sam, did you want to say something? So if he's already predicting these problems that are going to go bad, he's seen this before. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you know a car crash is coming and you know it's probably best not to turn left when a car's flying towards you, why aren't you preventing it? Good question. Because he's addicted to the abuse, and he knows that his abuse is causing these problems. Wow. That's, he's not going to stop. He knows that he's causing it. Amazing cycle. And, and so, yeah, yeah, wow. That, just me, that answer just gave me, like, chills. To yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> Holy it fuck. A, it was, that was an I, Luke, I'm your father moment. Oh, oh maybe. Let me ask you this. If, if Beth said, uh, Howard, I think we're having problems, do you want to go into counsel, uh, uh, marriage ca uh, counseling or couples counseling, would you say yes or no? Sure, yeah, I would say yes. Well, then that's you handling the problems that are really going on. Right? Well, he'd much prefer, though, that never to have to get to that point. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be preventive? Well, we were talking about getting married in the fall, you know, actually doing it. And I, and I still think we should go to some sort of couples counseling beforehand mm -hmm. because I do think there are things that we, that we don't talk about. Well, now you're going to be like those people that you make fun of. Yeah. Who oh, go to counseling yeah, for before everything. anything happens? Oh yes, like the the Courtney Coxes. Yes, you know you've laughed uh, in what's his name's face. Yeah, about I laughed the in David Arquette's face, <laughs> and you know what? He's right. He can come on the show and laugh in my face <laughs> because I I think he's right. I want to make sure I'm not uh, fucking someone's life up. Now. That's a that's okay. That's the end of that clip, and and uh, they I think this now that I think about it, this might have predated the uh, Ablo thing. Actually, you know what? I'm sure it isn't because that was 2007. I think Ablo came in, so this was afterwards. So they never did couples counseling bullshit. And yeah. you're right, Bob. He didn't want to ruin the narrative after that Ablo thing. They got totally exposed on unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Um, he didn't want that any further unearthing of his own bullshit. Why mangle the truth? Why mangle the fake truth? <laughs> exactly. He so just said, this... I want to make sure I don't ruin somebody else's life. So he right. knows that he's the problem. Who okay. goes into a marriage thinking, I don't want to ruin their life? Hmm. <laughs> you want to think about that. You want to think I... about that when you marry me? Uh, I, I might play... ruin their life. <laughs> you, I what play the this... fuck? Uh, this next clip, uh, just give me a moment, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be called, um, uh, uh, hold on, let's see what I got here. I'll edit this out too. No, Jay Thomas on Beth. <laughs> Jay Thomas always had a great take on him and Beth whenever he would start talking about his relationship. It's a real short clip. 
I don't know. Because she left for a month. So I'm like, kind of like, you know what? Maybe she, you know, in some level, she was kind of like, I need uh, to get away from this guy. A little space. Because well, in the she beginning doesn't the need you as much as you need her. That's right. Because you, every five minutes, you say she's out of town. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I need her. She doesn't need me that much. So when you're just sitting around watching TV, does she just stare at you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love Jay Thomas. Rest in peace. It shouldn't have been should have been you still sticking around getting those millions, dude. Um, God, so true. I love him so much. He's fucking hilarious. By the he, way, for our fans, yeah. any YouTube clips you want to look up with Jay Thomas in on the Howard Stern show or talking about it, it's just amazingly honest, priceless, non PC, amazing. Oh, yeah. He would. He went after his wig constantly. He, he called it his hair. He goes, and I, I, he goes. You think it's too long? Yeah. <laughs> and he started brought up Gino Vanelli, which is a Canadian singer who had the exact same fucking hair, and he kept it as an adult, like as as a, as, a, as an older man. And it's like it's not befitting, dude. Whether it's natural or not, just just you lose the uh, look. Actually, Opie went after him, Howard, this week on Twitter. He goes, yeah, every. During COVID, everyone's hair is getting long. He goes, except for Howard's. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So this is another one. This is this is a a, a, a clip about his uh, her her book. I think it was Oh My Dog, which would have been 2010, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and about charity. And I think it's so telling as to his true nature. So that's why I really wanted to play it. Which, you know, I wish he wouldn't write a book, honestly. Oh, stop. I really do. I mean, I'm not really, I mean, it doesn't do me much good. It doesn't do you much She's good. talking about donating most of the, pro or some of the profits to charity. And what the fuck would you do that for? Uh, it's unbelievable. After all this hard work. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to make me crazy, and you're going to donate the profits to charity or some of the profits? I don't know what the deal is. She's a better person than me. Yeah, all right, so... <laughs> so that's his real feelings on charity first of all guys that's if you, any of you assholes out there that still think how do you know he didn't give to scott the engineer how do you know he didn't give fuck you fuck you guys <laughs> me, so me. basically he's saying so all the non-kill shelters that he's against because he supports the north shore animal league this right. book was supporting the non-kill shelter, supposedly North An Shore Animal League. So yeah. basically what he's saying is, walk to your ovens, animals, because <laughs> I don't support your charity. March take your, on, take your fucking three puppies and kitties and your eyeballs. Peace what, out. Yeah, go ahead, Bob. What's in it for me, like, right off the top? I don't get I don't get what she's getting out of, and what he's saying is I don't get what I get out of it how she's <laughs> me why I'm not I'm not getting anything that's all he's saying right there is like her her existence is to serve me I'm paying for her. I don't get anything out of a book why is she doing this her entire existence should be to serve me Okay, this next one is a short clip as well. It's under under a half a minute, so it's called "Talking Shit About Beth's Homecoming Reunion," which from uh, oh, July of, July of two thousand ten. Remember this? Okay, it's July suddenly <laughs> becomes about him. It's a love tale. Well, she's going to her high school reunion this weekend. So wow! I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> that just that would, just that would just make clip, Sam laugh. Can we clip that for the beginning? I'm alone. <laughs> She's going to do something. 
Kristen, so me, right? So me. She's going to her high school reunion. She's really proud of me. No, that's not what happened. She's going to her high school reunion. Wow. I'm alone. (laughs) Give me a moment. I'm going to restart that. Hold on. Uh, Well, she's going to her high school reunion this weekend. Wow. I'm alone. Boom, boom. Well, she was the homecoming queen, wasn't she? She was the homecoming. And then she showed me the outfit she's wearing to the uh, reunion. Mm-hmm. So. And you're not going? You're not going? No, she doesn't want me to go. Oh. She goes, I'm <laughs> going to spare you that. And I, I said, well, thank you. Seriously, she doesn't want me going, I think, because it's, like, you know, it's her thing. It's her high school and. No, I didn't. I didn't. Tr- I truncated it because the rest of it, it, that, it, he starts to go in this rant about how he hated high school and it was miserable for him. And that's yeah. why, you know, you know, why would I go to hers? You know, but it, there's nothing in it about, yeah, I'd love to escort her to her high school, whatever. He doesn't want to go to Pittsburgh. She knows that she doesn't want him there because he looks like an ugly fucking stork with uh, with Ricketts would want Lurch <laughs> escorting them. <laughs> To their homecoming, you know what I mean. You yeah. want a fucking. <laughs> you called him. You want Herman I... Munster when you're fucking Marilyn? I don't think so. In the last show, you called him a prey mantis. I, I totally missed that. That is really fucking <laughs> funny. But um, yeah. So what? What was his issue with her dress? So he kind of started to bring it up. And he's like, "Yeah, I saw what she was wearing." Oh, it was so hot. It was some, I just got pumped by the gym teacher, you know, in the, in the, in the cubicles, you know, looking dress. Right. She's not going. She doesn't, he, he doesn't want her to go. He's not happy that she's going. He doesn't want her to, he doesn't want her to take out, he wants her to take out the trash, but he wants her, doesn't want her physically to leave the house to do it. Go ahead, Sam. Bob, what is that about? Because this is a pattern with him. He, (laughs) comments on her outfits like Concept. for approval right or disapproval or her outfits somehow they they have some his commentary on her outfits or how he feels about them is some sort of i don't know solidification or some sort of uh transfer of acceptance in the relationship which i don't understand like when he says and this is not just the only time he does this i saw what she was wearing or did you see what beth was wearing or oh yeah she was wearing that or why is her outfit and his approval disapproval or bringing it up what does that have to do with anything why is that a constant influx with those two it's a seed it's him saying it's him implying i believe you're going out to cheat (laughs) really i see your outfit i think that you're sending a certain message when you go out and i'm going to be keeping an eye on you i'm going to be checking on you like he's just saying before you even leave i'm distrusting what you're doing Mm mm-hmm so just know that. Like, don't well, feel like you can do whatever you're going to do. I, I hold, just trust whatever you're doing. Hold so, on. She, so you're saying that when she said, when he said right now, well, yeah, I'm glad she spared me that I saw her outfit. That saying 
I approve she's of what up. she's she... wearing to go to Pittsburgh for her reunion. No, I like, I don't think a... she, no, I mean, I mean, he's saying, I don't think she's going to fuck around or I do think she's going to fuck around. Is that the implying... message he's... I think he's implying that there's something nefarious going on when he's saying that. I've seen the outfit. She's up to something. Okay. The, I saw the outfit that she was doing. She's up to It's like she, he's sort of castigating her before she even leaves. Like he's just setting on, a narrative I'll, before she even goes. Go ahead. One sec, Sam. I wanted to say this. Do you think, could it, could it be possibly, Bob, and this is a guy's words, all conjecture, obviously, the whole fucking show is conjecture, but um, mm. could it simply be Beth going, I want, I just want a little approval of what I'm wearing to say that I'm, that I look good. And that's why she just wants to look as good as possible. And that's no. the whole motivation for her. What he gets out of it is a whole other matter. You don't think so? You think she, no. she's doing this to like, look at what you're missing, asshole. No, no, I don't, I don't think she's wearing, I don't think she's wearing I think that she's doesn't want Howard a part of at all of what she's wearing. Like right. I don't think that she views what she's wearing as bizarre or unusual or implying anything. I think that she's just trying to do her own thing here and whatever concept she has of herself. I think it's Howard that's that's reading into this and mm-hmm. sort of casting this shadow and yeah. Sam? We we see this when he talks with Greg Fitzsimmons on the show mm-hmm. and Beth goes to a movie premiere. This is when Artie was still on the show too, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Beth goes to a movie premiere. He, she went to an after party that he didn't, she didn't tell Howard about. Mm-hmm. So then Greg says, Oh, I saw her in a, in an, online article and this and that so howard said wait let me see pull that up and he pulls up the outfit in front of everyone and he's like oh i don't and he calls her (laughs) i don't remember this (laughs) yeah he calls her on the show and he goes oh you look very you know, you you said after party, I, I, and you didn't come home till, and he talked, and they have an argument about it. I should have told you about this for this episode, but this does happen, and probably doesn't even exist anymore on YouTube, but I specifically remember this because Greg's, like, trying to defuse the situation, and he said, oh, um, you know, I want my wife to dress more sexy, and Beth goes, oh, well, I'll take your wife shopping anytime. Right, um, right. Let's, let's. I want her to dress more like you, because everyone in the room was like, Whoa! With yeah. the outfit. Oh, wow! Now that you mention this, I got to check this out because I don't remember that at all. And I, I used to, I, I used to get all of Fitzsimmons' uh, appearances Everyone anyway. Was like, Whoa! With the outfit, mm-hmm. and she goes, "You, you know, I go to that movie. You know, I go to that movie screening, uh, guild thing or whatever the fuck she's yeah, a yeah. part of. And this, yeah. this is the only thing I like to do." And he goes, "I didn't know about the after party." And she's like, "Um." I, you know, like just stammering. Yeah. And it looked bad. Well, it basically, the impl- implication was she didn't want him there. Like she wanted yeah, to and just, yeah. He didn't know what she, she was wearing. It. Yeah. Well, th- how much of that could be just simply, look, he's a miserable fuck. I want to stay longer. Yeah. If he comes along, I got to leave. It's not even, a, I'm going to go and fuck around on him, which probably that's happens it, anyway. It's more exactly like, I just. what that was. Exactly. So why tell him about something he's going to complain about? 
and not go to, and then complain about me going. So why not just go have the good time and deal with the bullshit? Because that's at least that then I don't have to leave. <laughs> I don't have the pre enduring bullshit. I can just have the post. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. what that was. I think and that's Greg, what that was. And Greg Fitzsimmons in the clip, you could hear it was like, Oh, I wish my wife dressed more like Beth. And she was like immediately like, Oh, I can take her shopping. Um, She's like, like thanks she for the just... thanks for the out, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was I'll bad. Have check, I'll have to check that one out. Um, this next one is called uh, "Passive Aggressive Wig on Getting More Cats," and this is uh, also uh, after post Artie. Howard, good morning. Pleasure to talk with you. Saw Beth this morning on Fox and Friends, and uh, she did an interview with the uh, North Shore Emily. She looked great, by the way. In- incidentally, she mentioned you guys were getting a cat. I was wondering uh, if you uh, were aware of that. Honey, you want to address that? Um, this is news to Howard, and yes, honey, we are getting a cat, maybe two. Uh, I mean, great. <laughs> you know what? I don't think it's the right time because... What's the right time? I'll be honest with you. Okay, go ahead, Sam. You wanted to say something before we continue? Yep. Um, I know this is right in the beginning, but I truly think when she says, honey, you don't know this, we're getting a cat, I think that there's some part of Beth that really wanted to be a mom. Oh, yeah. And I really think this is her fuck you for not mm-hmm. getting me. Melania Trump got a baby. Yep. We're the fuck. What are you doing? I don't get to be a mom. She won't <laughs> even announce her own step grandchild's kid's birth. And neither will Howard. These people right. are such piles of shit. Well, it, yeah. And, and someone might argue, okay, they don't want their... The, the, the kids don't want like Deborah doesn't want um, the kid. No, uh, they posted it. It's on his ex-wife's that. social media well, account. Grandpa. It's on Deborah's social media account. It's right. on her sister's social media account. Everyone's happy about the new baby. But social media is one thing. And then his show is a completely other separate medium. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, it's not like Deborah reaches, well, it's not like he reaches that many people either. So maybe one might argue that you'll get more people on Instagram than listen to Howard's show. But uh, maybe they have an agreement with him. You're not going to talk about it. And he's more than happy not to talk about the kid. But I believe, like you believe, he he just doesn't want to fucking uh, acknowledge the fact that he's a grandfather. Oh, and I think that Beth is so jealous. Resentful. Oh, fuck yeah. And that's because that's so another terror. That's another tear in the fucking will. Like that's another, that's an addition in the will if there is anything. But this is what I think. Um, you're right. The The cats were a big fuck you. And now he's had to live with it. Maybe he likes the cats. I don't know. I doubt it. I think every one of those token shots of him brushing a cat or whatever is strictly, I need this for Instagram. Can you do this for me? And I'll, you know, okay, yeah, great. I'll do it. But um, there's a, remember the clip I did I play it in the last? It was in the last intro. I didn't sh- put it in the show, but Artie's doing the grandma cap. He he's doing the Beth impression on the oh, microphone, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "At least I don't have to pretend my my dog is really a child." <laughs> oh, it's the best, and also too, this Beth stuff with her Instagram and how if Beth was only posting, I'd say once in a while, she averages about fourteen posts on Instagram a day. She's crazy nuts i crazy with the cats and the posting so i truly think this is the beginning of here you go guys this is what happens when you don't impregnate your wife because you're gay Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've learned in therapy that when you're in a marriage, I've, I've said this before, but I'll say it in front of about it. When you're in a marriage, you have to, you know, recognize that the other person has, you know, their wants and desires yeah, and dreams. there has to be room for both. I learned oh. that in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> what was he dating? It a me, fucking log? <laughs> It took me 40 years to figure that out. Oh my God. And then I, I got divorced. Dating, I was dating a fucking tree branch. I mean, what is he talking about? I love that. I learned in therapy. It's like, you know, kindergarten report cards are so basic. It's like, you know, you learn to tie your shoes in kindergarten. You learn to um, do certain things, basic forms of the alphabet. I can imagine his psychiatrist grades him like a kindergarten uh, report. He gets stars. Star stickers. He learned out a stamps on his hand. Here you go. You made it for the day. And he yes. gave you a fucking stamp. Ink what? Good job. He, he didn't Sam, drink the fluoride. Were, you were talking about, I think this is the guy that was stuck at $49 a week or whatever. Yeah. I think I think Howard is 16. Like, I think he's all the way back there still. Oh, like, I think he's back to the original where the trauma set in. Like he's not even an adult. Oh, he's he's been at age thirty. He's been a teen for the for the last fifty years. Like there's yeah. no he never grew past a certain. Even Robin, when she was doing the promo for her book, I believe it was, uh, in an interview. I I know I have the abstract somewhere, and she says, mm-hmm. "I don't think it's immature. I don't think it's um whatever his his behavior is." so much um shocking as it is a guy uh, who never reg- he never matured past a certain age and that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is yeah sam i think in a bigger picture too this is a lot of celebrity culture that is now being kind of like detested because we don't like people who have been in this state of no responsibility, no answers. You don't even know how the real word, real world works to the point where you need to be, you need hot water boiled for you. You can't vacuum. You can't yeah. dust. You mm-hmm. can't walk downstairs. I mean, and this goes beyond just Howard. So I think more people are resonating with comics and podcasters like say Joe Rogan, for example, because these are real people who do things for themselves and the Mm -hmm. amount of handicapping that has gone on in celebrity culture. And Howard is the top echelon of incapability is just highlighted in all of the relationships. Yeah, I am. You are on your ankles. Huh? You feeling pressure on your ankles, you fat fuck? Baby, what? Shut up, you junkie. Fuck off. Fuck you, bitch. And yeah, why? Well, yeah, let's not get into that. Uh, fuck her, Howard. No, no this is bullshit. You. Fuck you. I'm sick I'm of not, her uh, insults. Juice. I'm not beat a juice. I will, I will cut you down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Try it. You're a fat junkie. Fat fuck. You're a fat junkie. Crazy you bitch. I 